We're back, guys. Yes, we're back. Uh, it's been a minute, but, you know, I feel like we didn't do enough for Black History Month. We did not. Like my one regret. We did not. I agree with you, which, honestly, we should do better. As uh, you know, yeah. and we're going to do beyond listening and learning, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, fortunately, for us, Black History is not a month. It's all year. Black so History we'll Year. Black... Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're just going to do black movies whenever we want exactly. to. Not just in February. Yeah, the shortest month, which that's we won't even get into it. <laughs> anyway, I'm Misan. This is my buddy. <laughs> Nana. And we are hell. Yeah. Um, is it my turn yeah. to do the intro? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know, but I can do it. Okay, uh, I don't remember. Okay. Well, no, yeah, it is your turn. It is your turn. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Turn. I think it is your. It is my turn. So, guys, like I said, we're hell yeah, um, a podcast that's dedicated to finding pockets of pleasure in the romance genre, whether that be movies or books or TV shows. Nana and I are two friends from college who also went to law school that discovered, you know many years into our friendship, actually, how much we both enjoyed romance content. Mm-hmm. And we thought it would be fun to have like a, a forum, an opportunity to talk about it and, you know, analyze romance, you know, content with a critical eye, but do it still in a fun and irreverent way, which is why we have this podcast, which is why we're, you know, having this out for you, Rom Squad. That's what we call our listeners, Rom Squad to listen to. Yep. Uh, we're two badass lawyer ladies with West African mm-hmm. descent with an African do attitude. Um, and I first generation Americans, uh, I think I'll say, I think that's it. Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah. I think yeah. we got it. I, yeah, think we, I think you got it. I think we hit yeah. the highlights. So, yeah. So that's hell yeah. yeah. So, welcome to another episode. We usually try to be more regular, but guys, you know, we're trying. <laughs> I you, Also, you shouldn't say regular because that sounds like it's like about our bowel movement. <laughs> 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 we're trying to be more regular. <laughs> okay, that's how you know that we're definitely in our 30s because we would not think that if we were in our 20s. <laughs> I said we should try. We usually try to be more consistent with our output, and maybe, yes, yes, and hopefully, yes. this will be a harbinger, you know, a sign that we're going to try to do better. No, but don't get your hopes up, guys. <laughs> I know. I know. We we have jobs and whatnot, but we love this. And so we're going to try to be more consistent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we're coming to you this week, month. I don't know. Week. It's going to be this week. That's right. This week. <laughs> with, uh, That's right. This week with, I think, a beloved movie. Yes. Um, yes. I would say that it's a, among my favorites. I think it, you would say it is your favorite. It's my right? favorite. It's my and... favorite, guys. I So we're talking about love and basketball. Um, and I yeah. cannot lie to you. It's like my favorite movie. I like watch it again today yeah. just to remember if it's like, like, you know, maybe it's nostalgia or whatever. Like I'm remembering to finally and I watched it. I was like, no. No. Yeah, I cannot be objective about it, but I remember that maybe we're not that objective anyway, so it's fine. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like not a podcast that's about objectivity at all. Yeah, we it never claim that. It's just about a love fest. <laughs> yes. Or I guess when we don't like things, a hate fest. Yeah. Like, we, we're just passionate. Yeah. We're just passionate. We just go in. Direction. We just go in. Also, I will make yeah. a disclaimer that this is not a rom-com. Um, but it's like, actually, cause you know, the laughs are like very few and far between, but it's never marketed itself as that. It is a love story and it's a coming of age movie. And I think the love story really, really is that it's at its core. So, yeah. Yeah. And we've never made a promise that we only do rom-coms. That's also it's just true. romance. So. That's also true. Yeah. So don't hold us to that. You read the terms and conditions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I make no apologies. I agree with you. I make no apologies. <laughs> All right. So should we do at first sight? Okay. Yeah, we can do at first sight. Do you want me to, go- want to start yeah. or do you want me to I can go, go first. Uh, so like I said, okay. this is my favorite movie. It came out in 2000. Um, and I remember like, I don't remember where I first watched this movie. But I remember, I think I watched... I don't even know. I don't, I definitely didn't see it in the theaters, um, but, or maybe I did. I don't remember that, but I just remember that like after the first or second time I saw the movie, I like begged to get the DVD. I waited. This one DVDs were still a thing. It took like months after yeah. the movies were in theater. I probably must've seen it in the theater, probably with a chaperone is what I imagined since I was like 13. Um, but this is when movies were like, you know, like they would be in the theaters and then it would be months and months until they had like their DVD release. So you had to wait ages. And I remember like maybe a few months after it came out, I went to visit, like, I don't know, I was visiting family in like Canada or something like that. And they had the DVD that I've been looking for. And I made my cut. I was like, my, I told my older cousin, I was like, can you buy it for me, please? I love this movie. So can you buy it for me? And he did. And I had this prized copy. Like I took that, I took that DVD to college. <laughs> I took it with me to law school. Um, I don't know where it is now because DVDs no longer matter. But that DVD, oh my God, it was like a prized possession for me. And I just, I think. We'll talk a little bit more later about why it's resonated, but for I think for 13-year-old me, but there was something that was so, I think, cool about Monica Wright and just her character and like who she like, what she represented and what she like, the dreams that she had and what she wanted to do. It just felt it just I felt seen. I don't know. Really like if I really connected with her, even though I didn't I'm, I'm I don't play basketball. I was a track athlete. But like I just all of sort of like the ambition, the dreams, the desires of everything that she was looking for and, the, and want to have it all. Like I just could all see it there. It was just clear that this was someone that was really coming into her own. And it stuck with me, man. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see it, even like, you know, on basic cable, I watch it all the time. You know, I love this movie. So that's my at first sight. Oh, I think mine is like a little less pronounced than yours. It For me, it was like I definitely didn't see it in the theaters. It was, you know, like and I remember when I was reading about sort of the genesis of this movie mm. and like the plot, like like the oral histories and how they talked about how this movie became really big when it went to like home video. Mm. That I was one of those people, you know, mm. like I just like. I don't really even remember it coming out. Like, I do actually remember the, it coming out and seeing, like, the previews and whatnot. But I didn't really, like, get into it until I think I just saw it on TV. Yeah. And, it, and then it was, like, in this category of movie that I think you and I talk about kind of a lot, which is it was just in the ether. Mm-hmm. So it was on cable. I'd watch it. You know, like, and it, it was just a movie I'd see in pieces a lot, right? Like, I'd see part of it because I just, whenever I could catch it on cable, I'd watch it. Yeah. And I think I liked it as a romance. But I think... I will say that I I don't think I was ever quite as obsessed with it as like other people I know mm-hmm. because I didn't care about basketball. <laughs> so I loved the love and not really the basketball. 
Fair. But that's to say, like, yeah, but that that's not to say, like, I think I, I, I really enjoyed it as, like, a romantic movie, but I actually don't think I had, like, as much of an appreciation for it as a romantic movie mm. until I got older, mm. you know, and I kind of understood, like, the character of Monica more. I could get beyond this, all the sports stuff and, like, and we'll talk about this. Um, it is for a romance, like, like, there's no, like, for a romance sort of qualifier for this. This is just, like, a really tight script with really relatable and nuanced and, um, you know, just sort of complex protagonists. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, so clearly in the black rom-com canon. Mm. I think I used to kind of almost take it for granted as just, like, ah, oh, it's, like, one of those, like, black romance movies you watch all the time. Yeah. And I would kind of lump it together with everything, you know? Yeah. And I think... As I got older, upon more watches, I just think this stands apart from not just the black rom-com canon, but most romances, I agree. right? Yeah. It is just, like, such a good script. And so I, my at first sight is more like, oh, yeah, this is a movie that I liked and took for granted. I thought it was very cute. But I don't think it, it took, like, more maturity <laughs> to understand, like, this is a very good movie. Mm-hmm. It is just, like, full stop, a very good movie. Agreed. Um, Agreed. And so, yeah, but I think, yeah, the I was definitely, like, a – uh, do we need this much basketball in the movie? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of basketball here. It's a They're lot really of committed basketball. to the basketball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, fair. If you don't care about basketball, it really would be a lot. I can I can understand that. You're like, yeah. what is like enough with the basketball yeah. all the time? I know. Oh, I, was like, I was like, where's I, I mean, this is like, I want more of the romance. Like, how like, but then we're like, at USC playing basketball. What? Multiple basketball <laughs> montages. My goodness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. my gosh. That's hilarious. But it was also, I know, I, I just remember in um, high school, it was also a favorite among very sporty girls. Yes. Like, yeah. I think it is a, yeah. it's a sports girl movie. It definitely is it a definitely sports girl is. movie. And as a sports girl, you can see why I also connected to it a lot, actually. Yeah, that actually makes a yeah. lot of sense. It is a sports girl movie for sure. For sure. <laughs> you know, there are horse girls, there are sports girls, there are all sorts yes. of girls. And if you're a sports girl, you've definitely seen this movie. I would imagine yeah. at some point. Yeah. yeah, it would be my guess. Um, yeah, actually, let me, I guess we could do the background quickly and then get to the plot breakdown. Um, yeah. So, so this was written and directed by Gina Prince Bythewood, who this is her, was her first film ever. Uh, Gina, G- yeah. Gina would go on to do Beyond the Lights, which I might have, me and my friend Bookie might have been it's able to, really to watch, good. watch that yeah. in theaters, but it was quite good. Um, did you do yeah. the old guard with Charlize Theron, which a lot more people watch because it was on Netflix. And she just did the woman yeah. King, a brilliant, brilliant movie yes. about an all female, you know, um, army in Africa protecting a King. Um, and it did well at the box office, but completely with Viola Davis and, you know, other people, but it was completely shut out at the Oscars, which is a bummer, which we can talk about a bit as well. Yeah. 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 It's interesting that we are recording this on the night of the Oscars, I know. where she they, like agree- she was egregiously like, shut out, and I think it just yeah. And like I know this isn't a podcast about the Woman King, but like I saw it in the theaters with my mother. The fact that I mean the the thing with Gina Bryce Prince Blythewood, like okay, let's just park here for a second. Yeah. One is like like you talked a little bit about her career, how she started by writing um, for a different world. Mm-hmm. And I, like, listened to interviews and things with her, and she is just really invested in depicting, like, sort of 
blackness in this like full way that Hollywood just never was really interested in, mm-hmm. right? And a lot she said a big part of it came from writing for a different world, mm-hmm. right? And like understanding that like when people came up to her and being like, you know, just the understanding that like that was a show that like boosted HBCU enrollment mm-hmm. in the nineties and mm-hmm. the two thousands, mm-hmm. right? And I and so like and I like not to get too into it, but like she's talked about how she struggled in Hollywood to like she wrote on shows and they just weren't interested in kind of like showing black characters in a black environment living complex lives right like they always kind of were like not like she like wrote for this like law show where it's Cicely Tyson where they're like she was like a civil rights lawyer but there were like no black associates and so she was just constantly like coming up against things like this and so my impression not to put anything in her mouth but like you could see in this movie the great care that she Mm. that great care that she takes to uh, depict blackness right um and so, like, the fact that, like, but, like, not only does she do that, and I think this is, like, what is really impresses me about her, is she does it in so many different facets in so many different ways. So she, like, does, like, a sports-slash-romance movie that with the, uh, Love and Basketball. She does a sports-slash, or not sports, a love-slash-music movie yeah. with Beyond the Light. Mm-hmm. She did uh, The Secret Life of Bees, which is, like, kind of, like, almost like a, you know, like a, like a, like a charming Southern, mm-hmm. like, women's film or whatever right she's done the old guard which is a superhero film and then she does a historical epic with the women. like this woman has so much rage it's crazy it's, it's crazy it's crazy yeah, yeah. And, and so it's really cool to like when you watch i think like i guess that's the one thing i'll say about this movie that with time and context, mm-hmm. it's cool that this is her fr- her debut, yeah. right? Because you kind of see how much talent this woman has and her ability to. She goes hard into the genre, yeah. You know, yeah. She commits. Um, and she so really does commit. She commits. She really, she does. really commits. Yeah. And so, and so. Uh, Sorry, this is the last thing I'm going to say because I'm mad about the Oscars for shutting out the Woman King. It's ridiculous. Like, like, I don't want to get into it because like, it's like it, ridiculous. Yes, like, yeah. the fact, it's like, there was like no like, nominations. Not one? Yeah, oh yeah. my God. I actually don't even want to get into it because I'll get Yeah, but yeah. if you have a chance, you should read her open letter to her open letter to like Hollywood, basically, that was published, I think, in The Hollywood Reporter, where she talks about how like one like it's not just like she says this is not a snub because snubs are you know like you miss it's like one or two categories like this film was not um nominated in any sort of technical categories whatsoever even though you know and then she just talks about like the real implications for a lot of like black crew members like black technicians black Mm -hmm. you know just anybody who works in movies basically craft people where like getting shut out of the Oscars really does diminish opportunities, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, and so I would, we can post it in the show notes, but it, it, it's very relevant. Anyway, the point is that we get to watch her debut and we get to see, like, this Wunderkind shine. Yeah. Um, with this movie. Fantastic. Love and Basketball. Yeah. I yeah. will say at the time it had, like, very modest box office success, but it did end up having, like, a second life with dvds like uh which is clear by me and nana talking about the dvd sort of yeah. like runs it had um she had a really hard time getting it made ended up being sort of her saving grace was the sundance film institute that came together and like saw her scripts and they like workshopped it with her yeah. and she ended up getting you know spike lee involved and then new line cinema mm-hmm. ended up being the company that took it on um mixed reviews from critics but it has 95 percent ron tomato score and ron tomatoes is correct <laughs> 
Yeah. I, oh, so was it a mixed review for critics? I thought it had done pretty well with critics. I, I, I think it, it was, it was mixed like reviews. mixed. Like there's some that were like, you know, um, it was. it's interesting because I wonder, like, and this is sort of what we talked about a little bit with Boomerang. Like, I think sometimes maybe critics don't know what to do with stories that are not like full of, it's like, Oh my God, like look at these people, but they're like normal. You know what I mean? Like look at these black people that are yeah, normal. Yeah. I think sometimes they're not sure what yeah. to do with it. Uh, Cause I think if you can look at that story and like sort of be like, Oh, well it's really weak. Like what it's trying to sell is like pretty weak here. Or blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Like I just, I, it's surprising to me that the reviews were mixed, but it was, it, it depended on, you know, who sort of, like who was reviewing it? Like I think Roger Ebert, yeah. Ebert loved it, but like it depends. Like if you're like if hey, you're, Roger Ebert, can we talk about how he always showed up for? Black I know, movies? I know. Like he was like he I, always, I, I, I do always tried. feel like every time I, I, there's like a retrospect, you're looking at a black movie that was like not either ignored by critics or panned by critics, and you like they're like, but Roger Ebert like had good <laughs> things to say about it. <laughs> That's exactly I'm correct. I'm gonna pour one out real quick. I know he deserves it. it. He deserves it. Wait, Rotten Tomatoes. Actually, I might be wrong. Rotten Tomatoes says it's is it 85 percent? I thought it was 95 percent. Anyway, either way, it should be 95 percent if it's 85 percent. Rotten Tomatoes, you're incorrect. Yeah, it's yeah, but um, and and that um open letter, which I encourage people to read. She talks about how like the move with the women, women King, a lot of people like straight up told her like, Oh, I didn't think this movie would be for me, but I actually ended up being kind of like interesting, you know, <laughs> like people in the Academy. And it does. And she talks about like, she ruminates on like when it is just features sort of the life and the, the interiority of black women, a lot of people just kind of assume that they won't be able to relate to it. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think that's maybe, maybe that's part of this movie because he, obviously it's a love story, but it does really center uh, like the coming in age, uh, coming of age of a black woman. Yeah. Right? So maybe it's her to your story. point, like yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. It's her story. It's her story. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. We love the movie. We love Gina. She's fantastic. I can't wait to see what she does next because, like, she like her talent is like crazy. Like, obviously, in her it's range. crazy. It's practically yeah, kind of insane. Like, so like her output over the past few years since Love and Basketball, crazy. Look at it. And she takes a while between movies, yeah. but like, it's all worth yes. it. It's all worth it. All right. Yeah, and they're all so different from each other. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Nana, you want to do the plot? Yeah, we can do the plot. Okay, we start. One thing I love about this movie is that it's like I I like like a sucker for structure, mm. and it's like structured really well. It it's is. like a bat. My understanding of basketball <laughs> is that there are four quarters. So <laughs> she is correct. You are correct. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> so the movie yes. is like structured in four quarters of like kind of the love story, right? Mm-hmm. And so the first quarter starts in I believe 1981. And we are in what I think we later see or understand, or if you're from L.A., we'll know immediately, is Baldwin Hills, which is like an upscale black neighborhood, like upper middle class black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And Quin- like we see like a bunch of little boys playing basketball. It's like Quincy and his like badass friends, you know, just like <laughs> it's <laughs> up to no good playing <laughs> basketball and just being misogynistic little boys. And so... <laughs> And so Monica rolls up, played by Kyla Pratt, who was like the she. I feel like she was like the Olsen twins of black. Legit, legit, amazing. Like she was the go-to little black girl superstar. Love it. Um, And so, like you know, uh, Monica rolls up in a 
Lakers cap and like I think Quincy might even be in his little Clippers. He like, was jersey, wearing a Clippers jersey. Like, that's right. He was. Yeah. 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 And she like wants to challenge them to basketball. You know, they're going to play two on two. And she at first they think she's a boy and they're like, OK, yeah, whatever. And then they see they're, they're, she's a girl. They're like, girls can't play basketball. And she like, what does it say? Like, what's the term that they go? Like, are you nice or something like that? Yeah. 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 That's right. You nice. And she's like, yeah, I'm nice. <laughs> of course, I'm nice. <laughs> yeah. And she whoops their behinds. And I think Quincy, and we'll talk about this because I don't love Quincy. I'll be honest. Like, he just, he keeps effing up. But, like, Quincy, like, getting mad that she, like, bested him, pushes her down, and she gets a scar on her face, whatever. Then she goes home. We're introduced to her mom, played by Alfred Woodard. Um, And, like, the dynamic we get is her mom is a very girly, sort of prissy, proper woman Mm -hmm. and is constantly exasperated that Monica, like, is, like, more a tomboyish and into like sort of male pursuits and is obsessed with basketball and it doesn't like taking care of her hair and isn't presenting herself like in a feminine way. Um, and her dad is like works at a bank and like you get she's like an upper middle class kind of huxtable like family, traditional family structure, mom is stay at home. Um, and like basically then we see Quincy's life and his dad is a like kind of at the end tail end of his career is like a NBA legend for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I, I like I was watching this with my boyfriend. I was like, the Clippers, are they still a thing? Because <laughs> I couldn't even wow. remember. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that the Clippers have been perennially bad, but they've had moments of like, you know, brief bright, bright spots in which they thought they would be able to get out of the Lakers okay. shadow. And, you know, you know, they had Kawhi Leonard, all that other stuff. It has not really worked that way. But yes, they they're okay. still a thing. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And because oh, Monica is like obsessed with like Magic Johnson, yeah. obviously, like it's Lakers Showtime era. And the other thing is she's saying, and this is the thing I really love about the movie. It's like a small detail. She, o- she always says she wants to be the first woman to play for the NBA because there wasn't a women's league for most of the time she's coming up, That's which right. I think is just like a really important detail to understanding her struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so anyway... I got detracted. Okay, so, like, Quincy was being kind of an asshole, and so he's, like, making the sorry-ass, I'm-so-sorry card. We're introduced to his parents. Debbie Morgan plays his mom, who's, like, a classic basketball wife. His dad is played by Dennis Haysworth, who looks exactly, like, the casting is so perfect because he looks exactly what, like, a 1970s basketball legend would look like in his, like, And I love Dennis Haysworth as an actor. He's so, like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's great. He's so so great. He got that goatee. He's got that, like, mini it just is perfect um and so we get his dad who's telling him like a man can't like can't shouldn't be in a man's vocabulary and all this stuff so you get the sense that his father has this very rigid idea of masculinity that he's imparting on his son Mm -hmm. and his son is constantly trying to live up to it and so this is like i spent a little time on this but i think this movie is so good because like in the first 20 minutes or 10 15 minutes yeah. you get like the full sort of like what the themes are going to be and like the like the the nuances mm. and shadings of these people's lives totally. right like and so there's gonna and we'll talk about these themes but there's gonna be this like battle about gender norms between monica and her mother and there's gonna be these like expectations around gender norms and like you know pressure that's put on quincy from his father right mm-hmm. but like both of them kind of have these seemingly like perfect black middle class lives anyway uh fast forwarding like quincy is feel sorry their moms meet because like um debbie morgan is like takes a cake to 
uh, Alfred Woodard's house. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we have these little kids. The mom is the kind of arranged that Quincy's going to pick up Monica from like and take her to school the next day. Monica now that next day is just more like a girl girly you know has her hair done Quincy and before that you get Quincy's like very intrigued by her because they like live next door to each other so he's like looking through her window and Mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. but then I think when he sees her as like a girly girl he like is like will you be my girlfriend and there's this like really adorable awkward like thing in between them and they're kind of discussing like what they as like 11 year olds understand the roles and expectations to be Mm -hmm. as boyfriend and girlfriend they have their first kiss then he's kind of like then pushes this like very hyper masculine like you know idea on her where it's like i have to give you a ride on my bike you have to give up your bike which is like obviously like metaphorical for like what their struggles are gonna be and monica's like that doesn't make any sense this is such a good this is such a good script yeah. I, like, I'm so, like really it's so I'm tightly written details it's so smart. because it's so oh tightly gosh. written it's and so smart. good it's actually one of the best so, like to, to like not as point earlier it's really one of the best romance films like period like not black romance like, yes yeah, just, just period. precisely like of all period. of them it doesn't get nearly enough love honestly for how good it yeah, is honestly. yeah 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 and so um and so because they get this uh, this argument Quincy his reaction which we'll see throughout the movie is to get very defensive posture he said he pushes he literally pushes her away which we'll see later oh my god it's so good he pushes her she falls she has her scar or whatever then that's like the end of part one Part two, they're in call or in high school. Mm-hmm. They're both sort of coming up as basketball players. Monica, like we're gonna see some of her issues, which is she has like a temper. Yeah. She p- plays very, she plays with a lot of heart and a lot of passion, but like her temper is like, like kind of making it difficult for her to get noticed by scouts because yeah. she's being benched, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So while she's kind of like struggling, kind of like you know just scrapping to get like worried about recruitment and things like that. Quincy is like a star, mm-hmm. right? And uh, another thing that's highlighted in this section of the movie is how much support the boys' basketball team gets, how everybody shows up to watch them, yeah. and everybody is, you know, and wh- whereas, like, the girls' basketball team, nobody really cares, except for the people in her life, yeah. right? So her father, and this is, like, a thing I kind of find interesting about the movie is that her father is, like, totally takes the mother for granted, right? Like, there's a scene mm-hmm. where he doesn't know what shirt he's going to wear, so asks her to just iron both of mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. right? But his daughter is like she, Monica's like a daddy's girl, and her her father doesn't force her to conform to like gender expectations, At all. and so he's very supportive of her, his daughter. We can talk about that a little later, but I do find it interesting when men are able to sort of do that weird sort yeah. of bifurcation, yeah. right? Of, um, and so. Uh, her dad shows up, her sister shows up, her mom doesn't really show up to these games, right? Uh, but you know who does show up to her games? Quincy, Quincy. McCall! <laughs> Each time with yeah. a crew. Each, Each time, time with a crew. With a crew. It's really sweet. This is like something that does endear me to him. Also, like this girl is after him. I forgot her name, Shawnee. Shawnee. Played by Gabrielle Union. That's right, because if there's a black Union. movie... In this time, Gabrielle Union will probably be in it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, so true. Um, and, and so this whole portion of their relationship, we're seeing that, like, there's, like, this weird, like, at first you think, like, maybe they don't talk to each other anymore, but they're still next-door neighbors. They're still, like, um, you know, there's a scene where his parents are fighting and he goes to her house, and it's kind of juxtaposed from, like, their relationship in the beginning of the movie when they can't keep their hands off of each other. Mm-hmm. Now they're fighting constantly, and so he just very quietly goes into her, her like, her 
a bedroom yeah. window and stays there. So they, even though like in school and in life, they're not like close, there's still like this intimacy yeah. and like support that they provide each other. Yeah, you can tell it's a um, common occurrence July. that he does, he, like he goes to sleep in her yeah. room when they're fighting too. Like he has a whole routine set yeah. up. Yeah. Exactly. And then he's giving her rides home from school. They're like chatting with each other. Underlying this all, as you can tell, there's an, an attraction mm-hmm. that they both have for each they other. Like each other. Like, they, they like each other. They like each other. each other, but they like don't really know what to do with it. So like this is, there's all this drama centered around the school dance. Well, they like, you know, like they're talking around it. Mm-hmm. Quincy is going with Sean, ends up going with Shawnee, and then she ends up, Monica ends up going with a college boy a played hot by Hot college boy, Boris Kojo. <laughs> so tall. Black, it looks like so Black Adonis. Black, Black Adonis, yeah. man. Let's go. And so much taller than Quincy, because um, Quincy is short. I know. So much. Quincy's very short. <laughs> to be like this basketball hotshot is a little wild. <laughs> Um, how short he is but (laughs) yeah but um yeah so like Quincy much like when they were kids he sees her all guessing up and looking like a girl and like this he he can't help himself right he's like trying to make the moves on her even though she has this like really hot date Mm -hmm. um and then like they spend the dance with like other people but like looking longingly Mm -hmm. at each other Mm -hmm. um all right. Well, then at, after the dance, like they both go home and we don't really need to get into all the details, but like they like are talking to each other, kind of relaying the night. Quincy like basically said that he had didn't do anything with Shawnee. Uh, Monica didn't do anything with I don't know what Boris Kojo's name is. I and mean, well, he tried like, to they, he tried to do stuff with her. There was this interesting thing, thing I have yeah. to know because like Quincy's clearly so jealous like obviously Monica's yeah, jealous. jealous. You see that. Yeah. You see that before. But like Quincy didn't show yeah. jealousy like earlier because, or like you know when he was giving her a ride home because he didn't think she had an option. So then he sees her option and yes, exactly. Like, very like jealous. So she's like trying to tell him yes. about the night where her date was like kissing on her, like in her words, kissing on her and feeling on her. And he like turns away as if he doesn't want to hear it, um, which I thought was like a very <laughs> yeah. interesting. He, like is like yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah. wow, is it that bad? You're like rejecting the words. Yeah. Um, so it's really cute. Yeah. So you can tell how jealous they. So you can tell, like to Miles' point, they like each other. They don't know what to do about it. And so, okay, not I continue. <laughs> yeah, and so then they're like kind of chatting. She, he's the first person that she like basically like they she gets a letter from USC mm-hmm. um and she wants you know this is her last chance to get into a basketball program he's the person she opens up this letter with like he actually lets her or she lets him open it up for her mm-hmm. um which shows like a degree of trust right and the thing i want to point out about this is like cuz this will be a through line throughout the movie is like he's like she understands and he understands like they they're the only other p- two people like person people who like will understand each other's passion for Mm -hmm. basketball Mm -hmm. and sort of how central it is to their life and those ambitions right and so she trusts him with that right like she doesn't talk to her mom i don't think even her sister gets it even her dad is kind of telling her to give up even though he's supportive yeah but quincy is like like she i think that that's the thing like even when they're not friends i think is like what holds them together like the fact that they have Um, this like common to your point understanding there's another really cute part sorry and i'll stop interrupting i probably won't stop but yeah uh, but there's whatever this is gonna be a long i really i really enjoy i really enjoy this movie but there's another part during their conversation where she's saying like she mentions that the guy was kissing her and like you know feeling on her she says in her words and she was like i couldn't remember how she's like it was really annoying because i couldn't remember how many offensive offensive boards i had 
in the championship. Yeah, he was really yes, bugging me. So cute. And then he was like, he laughed, and I was like, okay, so she doesn't really like that guy. Okay, so it's fine, it's fine. And then he was like, you had four. Yeah. And she's like, what? He said, you had four. And that's when she like gets out of her room and then they hands him the letter for him to like read it. Like he reads yeah. it first and yeah. breaks the news to her. So to Nana's point, like that's yeah, the level yeah. of trust and understanding and intimacy actually that you wouldn't have necessarily have expected when you like you first see them yeah. in the first scenes of this second quarter. So, yeah. Yeah. What was it? Offensive what? Offensive boards or offensive rebounds. Okay. Yeah. I didn't understand that. Yes. Okay. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, it just shows you, like, how much attention he's paying. Like, if the person that actually played yeah. the game doesn't remember, but you, he's watching and you think he's not paying attention because he's, like, yeah. with his crew, but he's, like, you had four. Yeah. And of, like, four quarters yeah. of basketball to uh, remember the four, I mean, come on, because it's a small number. Like, that's, like, a real, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's so, that I do remember it. Not, even though I didn't know what an offensive board was, I knew that was very special that he met. He, because you can see how she's like touched. She's like, oh, wait, yeah. okay, let me come out. And then, you know, all right. So, and as Nana was saying. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, what they, when they like are kind of talking about, they're, they're both going to, because it turns out he's going to USC and there's like, oh, you know, there's like that kind of like, that little cute little smile thing. Yeah. And, you know, they're excited about it. Um, then she like accident she not accidentally she kisses him like kind of spontaneously yeah and he was kind of like what is that and then they start kissing yeah. and I uh, this is like it's so sweet it where really they like is. you know like they kind of and then they're like kind of tussling on the ground like you know kissing and it's like mirrors when they were kids mm-hmm. and they were fighting such tussling, a good point like, you're so like, right yeah. I didn't even think about that you're <laughs> so exactly good. right wow it's I didn't so even think about good. that until just now it's, it's really. That's so it is good. Such a good movie. Oh my god, it's so yeah. good. You're so right. <laughs> okay, and so then she like kind of takes a breather. And then I th- this is gonna be the longest plot summary ever. <laughs> I don't care. Um, she takes a breather, and he thinks like, okay, maybe this is like the moment because this is the moment you think she's gonna push him away yeah. because Monica is like very guarded all the time mm-hmm. and she's not very romantically experienced, right? But and she takes a leap and she like says like basically invites him to her room and then they have sex with each other for the first time. It's I it's clearly like her first time, yes. right? And it's a, re- a really good scene. So like good. one like the way they sort of they both kind of are tentatively looking at each other and stripping off their clothes, mm-hmm. right? And it's like done like in a way that you're like not seeing anything, right? But like you can still see that vulnerability laying bare, right? Mm-hmm. So like I think a lot of sex scenes. Let's just like, we're gonna park here. Yeah, little. let's do it. A lot of sex scenes. Um, that you see, and you and I have ranted about how sex scenes barely exist anymore. Yeah, right? it's a real travesty, to but, be honest. It really yeah. is. But even before, a lot of it, I felt like the taking off of the clothes oftentimes was this rush thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's so much passion, mm-hmm. and people are just taking off the clothes. And this movie really acknowledges and sits in that vulnerability of bearing yourself to somebody mm-hmm. in that way, especially when you're young, right? Yeah. And so, like, they're, like, ta- and then, so you're, like, they're taking off their clothes, and, like, you could see them kind of, like, being nervous and looking at each other, sizing each other up, kind of appreciating each other, but not wanting to look like they're appreciating each other, looking nervous mm-hmm. about, you know, all that those emotions. And then what I love is they're both like her she's wearing her grandmother's pearls and he's wearing his 22 and so you just see that and there's something about the starkness of just those like chains that shows you how much they're laying bare yeah you know what i mean it's just like such a beautiful moment and then you know they're kissing or whatever and 
for some he like stops uses a condom and then there's a lot of like are you like are, are do you want to stop and she says no it's just so tender yeah. and it feels like it's obviously romanticized right like it's not as like messy as a lot of people's first times mm-hmm. but it still shows like that awkwardness and unsh- like uncertainty yeah and, like yeah. unsure in yourself yeah. that i loved and this woman's oh, yeah. work is playing over it oh my gosh it's yes perfect. yes it's oh perfect. okay and we'll talk about this the needle drops are impeccable like, like no music notes in this movie no is notes i have zero yeah notes. no notes zero. it's so good okay third quarter they're both at usc they're like kind of an it couple mm-hmm. or more so he's it and she's in that couple he <laughs> she like is like <laughs> i mean it's true it's what he's happened like... <laughs> it's true it's what happened <laughs> like he comes in he's like i think he's like starting as a freshman yeah he is a big star yeah everybody do you know what position he plays i thought he was like a guard or something i don't know i'm gonna look it up as we were talking um i don't remember okay oh i was assuming he was an offensive guy for some reason um but i think he's like a shooting guard a shooting guard a shooting guard yeah okay he's a shooting guard yeah she's 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 a point guard yeah she's a point guard Yeah, yeah yeah okay I just want to show off that I know that that's a thing. Um, so. You have done it. You have done it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so he starts and he's doing like amazingly. Meanwhile, like she's on the team. The coach is constantly kind of ragging, like, you know, just ber- like just ragging on her, putting up a lot of pressure on her. Uh, she you could tell she kind of came in wanting. She's like and this is the thing that's interesting about Monica. She's very cocky. Right. And Certainly. so like her coach is almost trying to like beat that arrogance out of her and she is like it's classic you go to college and you think that like you go you're becoming like a small uh, fish in a big pond mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and so like all these other girls are like unimpressed by her she's not starting there's this woman Cedra, who like is very much like who has her is the starter on her position is kind of like i'm not worried about you frosh right like she just feels like she's underwater like she can't win she's never gonna get anywhere and she's not she doesn't necessarily have the respect of her coach and her teammates right mm-hmm. so she's in a position where she's like trying to prove herself and then she learns that she wasn't even like recruited like basically another girl had dropped out and like they like needed to like find someone to replace her Mm -hmm. right and so she's like demoralized and devastated meanwhile Q is like getting people are asking for like autographs on campus he's flying high he's doing well he's having like drinks with his dad and his dad has kind of given him more of that like oh like be a man kind of talk but then his dad is like oh yeah there's like by the way, not a big deal, but there's a paternity suit going on. All lies. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, daddy, they're, all women are chicks and they're trying to get your money. Oh, like, yeah. sluts. Whores. <laughs> yeah, hoes and sluts. And this goes back to even though you don't agree with me, I think NBA players, I just think if you're going to marry a guy who is a professional basketball player, expect his he's going to get his dick wet in other women. Like, I just think that's yeah, the expectation. I mean, it's, 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 you know. I mean, his dad even says it as he's trying to explain, like, sort of how yeah. hard it is. Yeah. It's like, you don't understand. It's so difficult. At the airport, was- they're there. At the lobby, yeah. they're there. And if they're really bold, they're at, there's one at your hotel room door. Eventually, you it's stop. It's all their fault. You it's stop all- resisting. Yeah. 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 But anyway, sorry, I digress. But I just thought this movie also highlighted how 
men who play for the NBA are scoundrels. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> on balance, I cannot disagree with you. <laughs> And I have no, I'm not worried that any of them listen to our podcast. Yeah, they do not care about this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so like Q's like, you know, whatever. He's like, yeah, daddy's like, poor daddy. He's so like besieged by all these like lying tricks. Mm -hmm. And then uh, basically goes home, sees his mom. His mom is like crying and like just upset and like his mom reveals that she had like a private detective follow her dad he is definitely fucking other one yeah q is mad because his father has lied to him and actually i do feel for him because like he has constantly been trying to live up to this image of his father mm-hmm. right and he's like realizing that his fa- it's like all built on lies yeah. right so he's like his like his world is falling apart oh and i skipped a part before that where he like is just kind of comforting um Monica about like what's happening with like you know like sh- her struggles and then they like he he's encouraging her like he's, he's basically like I think it's like a reverse psychology no it thing. definitely like, is okay, yeah I mean, yeah it definitely yeah. is yeah where he's just like okay you can just be I, I mean all that matters is like that you're my girl anyway she's like what you know but he's like he, again he understands that she like he understands her the drive and ambition and passion yeah. she has for the game. So he's like uniquely set up to be the partner for her to like encourage mm-hmm. her. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they have a very cute scene where they play strip basketball. Okay. Back to him and his angry about his daddy because of this, he's like not playing as well. His game is suffering. Meanwhile, like Monica, like de- like plays a game. She's able to put her like temper and emotion and like, pride aside and like actually have like a good play where i guess she forces someone to foul her and so like their last basket doesn't count okay Okay, basketball knowledge okay (laughs) i'm so proud (laughs) look at you oh my god but anyway, yeah, so, so like yeah, now her coach- she's like flying high and he's not and he can't she's handle fly- it. <laughs> she's flying high. And so like she, there's a, an evening like where he wants to talk to her about prior to that game. He wants to talk to her about like all that's going through with his family and his like stress and blah, blah, blah. And she's talking to him. But then she's like, I got to go because of curfew. Right. Like and I'm assuming if she misses curfew, she won't be able to play. Yeah, or she whatever, can't start. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll be punished. Yeah, she can't start. She can't start. Yeah. Uh, and so he is, like, a little upset about that and is, like, super passive-aggressive mm-hmm. and just starts, like, flirting with a woman, Carrie, who is, like, the woman who plays that chick and um, best man. Monica Calhoun. The, yeah, that's the actress. Yeah, yeah, the actress, right? And so he's just, like... And so, like, after her big game, there's, like, a party and, like, Monica, like, Monica wants to celebrate, but she's also checking in on mm-hmm. him. And he's, like, it's fine, you know. Like, he's pushing her away. And he's pushing her away and he's, like, slinking towards this other woman. And so Monica's feeling less secure. Then finally, it comes to head where he, like, she's going over to, like, visit him, like, a, like in a normal girlfriend way. And literally this other chick is, like, coming over for a date and he doesn't explain it it's awful like it was really so bad and then his it's roommates so and friends are there playing video games watching it all happen yeah, and laughing and he was like you uh, he's like you want to go painful. with us and he because he and he knows what he's doing you've known this girl since you're 11 you like it would be yeah, wrong anyway but you know exactly yeah. what you're doing um yeah. and then she like walks yeah. off and then he has the nerve, like, later that night to show up in front of her dorm waiting for her. Be like, oh, at least she had time for me. 
sir <laughs> yeah because Mo- because monica's like ready to forgive him yeah she's like i just if we're gonna continue like, she I need to be able to trust you. loves and him then, so much it's really she loves, she him, loves so him and, and basketball is- those are her two loves it's really crazy <laughs> i know and like really this part like really like shreds oh my me, god he's like i i like he's like i like basically i'm not trying to say that we should be together or something Horrible. like that and Horrible. she realizes like like he he's basically like this was like a very convoluted way of breaking up with her mm-hmm. and so he said he decides like to spite his daddy to like i guess prematurely drop out and uh go pro like i guess enter the draft go pro horrible decision enter derailed his entire life by the way but you know what sure. yeah though i was like talking i was talking to my boyfriend when i was watching this because like some for some people they say it's like a really good decision so you and i can get into yeah we can talk in this particular situation for it was a time for it was yeah. not time Thank you, Visa. You're welcome. <laughs> this is not your time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, this is going to be long and glorious. I don't even know what we're going to do. It's going to be so long. I'm really concerned. <laughs> I definitely should have eaten dinner before we started recording. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, he's like... I'm going to play for the NBA and then and his dad tries to talk him out of it um, and he's just like fuck you daddy you're not the man you said you're dumb you don't know what you're talking about sadly his dad didn't know what he was talking about (laughs) his dad was really on point on this one so anyway we get to finally we get to the fourth quarter he is like not like so Monica is playing for a women's league in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I can let's talk about this, too. This is going to be a long episode. But I was trying to understand why it's like so much more lucrative for women to play abroad. Like, I know there's WNBA caps or something like that. But like, please explain I that will. to me at some yeah. point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so she's playing abroad. And at this point, like we talked about, there isn't even a WNBA. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is the only way that they could like really being able to play. Um, and she's like the star of the Spanish team. Like they're literally like just pass it to Monica. But she's like not happy. Mm-hmm. She's like alone in a, a foreign country. And meanwhile, uh, our boy Quincy is like from what we get from the, the ESPN commentators during his game. He's like kind of like not he's it seems like he's kind of bouncing from team to team i'm assuming he wasn't picked very early in his initial draft Mm -hmm. and he's like a bench warmer he finally gets to play right and this is like his big moment and then he dunks which is not very believable for how tall he is but maybe i don't know really like short men can dunk um and so he because he jumps really high he's holding on to the rim he's holding on to the rim and then falls and hurts his knee and then we find out that he tore his acl which is like devastating so like who knows if he's gonna get a play again um he's like at the hospital his dad comes i actually like even though his dad is a no good cheater i did feel bad for him we can talk about that i did too yes let's talk about it i know like because he he really pushed his dad away his dad is there talking to him um and just trying to be like you can like do whatever you want to do like do like if you want to play basketball you can play basketball but i just supportive father honestly yeah he's very supportive a good dad but a terrible Um, husband like many yes 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 yeah (laughs) to be honest but he was like but like i just always wanted you like i just think you're not just like me you had options you're like smart you can do anything right um and so you know he has this daddy moment and then he monica comes to see him it turns out she's left barcelona she's taking a break for a while from basketball he's like incredulous and because i guess he's like 
all he'd want to do at this t- moment is play basketball mm-hmm. and she's giving it mm-hmm. up right um then like she you could tell she's still in love with him and there's like a lot of like oh like it's been a long time and he was like i tried to reach out mm. and she like was like my answering machine didn't work and he's like yeah that was it like it's you know like there's a lot of they yeah. said things yeah. are talking around. And I thought it was interesting Benny that is- he tried to reach out to her like at least three or four times, you know. And of course, you have to remember this yeah. is like at this one, this is 1993, so cell phones are not like you know a thing. Yeah. So like, there's the only way is if she like listens to her answering machine. But I thought that was interesting that he tried multiple times to like try to like. I don't know what was he trying to do get back together. I, it, was, it was just interesting get back their connection. It was, I found that yeah. very interesting. I mean. I was going to wait till the end, but my boyfriend, who is not pro-Q, when he was watching this, he was like, yeah, but he, all his time he was, like, reaching out to her was when he was, like, on he wasn't on the up. So anytime he was doing really well, it was like, okay, fine, I don't need you. But then when he's, like, career is flagging, that's when he's reaching out to Monica. That's not what he said. He reached out when... <laughs> Magic Johnson retired. That Magic had, Johnson that retired. That had nothing to do with his yeah, career. How does your boyfriend? No, but I think because I, I are we saying his name? How does your boyfriend know how Q was doing? I can't believe I'm being a Q defender right now. I know how Q was doing at that time. I know. How I do have to admit though, I th- I did think it was a good point that like he he whatever he was on top, it was like he that's like he was not good to her. You know, no, like no, it was in his wrong. like sort of darker moments. Yeah. He was like anyway. Um. But, um, yeah, so Monica, like, then his fiance comes and it's she's played by Tyra Banks, overacting per Completely usual. Completely ridiculous. And, <laughs> and then, like, it turns, when Monica finds out that he's getting married, she's, like, devastated. And so we know that she's, like, carried a torch for him this whole time. She goes home, talks to her mother, like, wants a little bit of support, whatever. Her mom is, like, essentially, like, just send them, like, a nice gift to the registry. That, like, opens up a can of worms where they talk about, like, sort of her feelings about her mother and, like, her mother not necessarily standing up for herself Mm -hmm. and being, like, the kind of role model or support she would want. Her mother saying that she turned her nose down on her, like, right? Like, this is, like, the coming to the head moment between the two of them. Um... And then, um, you know, like, we get, like, Monica's life. She's come home. She's not playing basketball. She works at the bank with her father. And then she has, like, a moment with her mom where her mom is like, you know, I just always admired that you had a fight in you. And when I said that, like, this fiancé is not good enough for Quincy, I meant, like, she isn't you. Like, go get your man. And so Monica is, like, ready to go. And she goes. She knocks on his window because he's, like, kind of living next door still, but about to leave. Yeah. It's two weeks before his wedding. Two weeks. And she's, like, yeah. And she basically, I mean, she didn't, at least she didn't pull, like, a Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne Wade and, like, did at the wedding. Yeah, that was egregious. <laughs> she, she had, there was a, go, there was a decent I like there's a grace period. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so God. That she basically says. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She basically goes and says, like, I've loved you this whole time, and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, this is the time to tell me, like, right when I'm about to get married. Which is what I really want every character in romance. Like, realistically, to be like, this is, yeah, like, realistically, why are you saying this this now? What are you doing this? And she's like, isn't it better I'm saying it now than, like, never at all? And he was like, you always, you still think the sun rises and, like, the sun, like, rises and sets on you and and your time. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, he's like, how about you get quiet? But we, even with all that, he yeah. still goes out to play. 
Yeah, because she's like, I'll play you for your heart. And so they play this game. And at first, he's kind of like, whatever, whatever. Then he takes off his knee brace. He's getting into it. He's like getting into the game. And he beats her, right? Yeah. And, she, she, and she's like devastated. Because I think her thinking was like, he'll like pull back. He'll let he me win if he like right? wants, yeah, if he really yeah. wants to be with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He beats her. And then he goes, Mason, what's the line? Hey, double or nothing. And then she is just, oh my god, she's losing, she starts crying, she can't believe yeah. it, she walks over, they make out, <laughs> bye bye Tyra, that wedding's not happening, I don't know what happens to the yeah. deposits, good luck, um, and that's it, <laughs> that's all she wrote. Yeah. And oh my then, god, I love that, man, have, like, I love that. I know, and I think... Yeah, it's beautiful. And at the end, like, she's now playing for the WNBA, yeah. which now exists. Yeah. She's playing for the LA Sparks with, like, Lisa Leslie. And he's on the sidelines carrying the little baby girl. Yeah. And her hair looks real pressed. It looks and it fantastic. Looks we'll talk about this. It does look great. But her hair has had a lot of a journey throughout this movie. And it got, it got where it needed to be at the end. It was a great, cute epilogue. <laughs> it got where it needed to be at the end. Yeah. yeah. And that is the movie. Oh my gosh, what should we talk about? Oh my god. I know. Our longest plot summary ever, but I regret nothing, honestly. I really don't feel bad about it. I regret nothing nothing about it. I would have done it the exact same way again. It's just going to be a long episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we talked about a lot of the things. Yeah. um, Yeah, that's Yeah, you want to jump into things? So what do you think about the love story? Like... I like, you know, cause some, like we talk about like what makes a good love story, like chemistry, all the other stuff. I bought it completely. I thought it, even if, it, even if Quincy is not the best, like sort of shining example of like a male lead, that's who she wants. And I could, I, I bought that that's who she wanted. Yeah. And she like had loved him like for almost like since she was 11 years old. And that, you know, I thought it was just really cute how they fit really well with each other, even with all of his like, you know, selfishness and whatnot. Yeah, and I will say that um, one thing that I do like about this is that, like, I I think one of the reasons why this probably was never or oftentimes not, like, my favorite, favorite movie, you know, before I, like, I understood the craft behind it was because Quincy is just kind of ain't shit. Yeah. You know, like, he's just a little little bit. bit. A little bit he sucks. (laughs) He kind of sucks. A little bit he sucks. But I actually thought that, like, upon this rewatch, even though, like, I the way he pushed her away, I hated it. It was so immature. Yeah. It was definitely believable. Yeah. And even though I, uh, I like, think he overreacted or was, like, kind of being a little selfish, expecting her to, like, throw everything away for him, I also do understand where he was coming from in a way. I, I don't agree. Think I, used to. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I do. Before I thought he was being ridiculous. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, like, how dare he? Yeah. But she could have yeah. had, and she said it herself, yeah. like, you know, at the end, like, you know, when she wanted to play for his heart, that she could have had a better balance of that, like, for sure. Yeah, she could have had a better balance. That I, I like at watching that is like his whole entire sense of self, his family, stability, completely all of this stuff is on the upside line. Upside down, completely. Yeah, shifted. there's a better and, way to handle that. And she kind of, yeah, and even like, um, even when like, okay, I understand having to go to curfew. Like after her game, and, and that's why this movie's so good because it's so complicated. Yeah. Like, after her game, you know she's been struggling, yeah. so you like want her to celebrate, right? And she deserves to celebrate. But you also understand like from her partner's perspective, he's like at the most vulnerable he's ever been, yeah. and she like didn't go look for him. She didn't, you know. Yeah. And so I, I just thought it, it like presented this quandary that is like really a lot of people find themselves in, and there's like really kind of no right answer because mm-hmm. you're always. Gonna be a little wrong, yeah. you know. Both of them were and a little so wrong. I agree. I, yeah, you're right. 
And I think that's what is good about this movie and like upon new watch is like because it's always from Monica's perspective. So I think I always just kind of was like Quincy sucks. Mm -hmm. But like watching it like I also see the flaws in Monica and how she kind of fucked up their relationship too, right? And so I don't want to put it all on Quincy necessarily. And I think what is really good about the ends of the movie is like exactly what you said is that she recognizes Mm -hmm. what she could have done better, Mm -hmm. right? And I also like that like Quincy does call her out on it. Like he's like the sun does, you still think the sun rises and sets on your ass, right? Like it's always about you and what you want in that perspective. At that exact moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that moment. And I love how the movie allows a woman character character to be that Mm -hmm. but it also doesn't shy away from like how that could have damaging effects on Mm -hmm. a relationship right and so like like our our hero isn't perfect and there are consequences Mm -hmm. to her um and her actions even if we're rooting for her the entire time yeah and so that's like i like getting back to the love story i think it's just so incredibly believable Mm -hmm. because they're both flawed and they're both right and wrong at the same time yeah you know yeah agreed and, like, he definitely – I mean, he was wrong in the way he handled everything. But I don't necessarily think, like, it's wrong to be upset that your partner wasn't supportive yeah. when you really needed yeah. them, right? Yeah. Like – Yeah. But um, agreed. And – yeah. Yeah. And so then, like – yeah. So you're, you're, you had a question that's, like, whose side are you on in that big fight? I don't know. Like, he handled it really poorly, but, like, they both kind of had – like a point. Yeah, you know? no, they both screwed up. Like there was there was a middle ground that neither of them could find because they were so like deeply sort of in their emotions about it. But like Yeah. He wasn't wrong for feeling how he felt. And she wasn't wrong for like being like this is her moment finally and she like, you know, wants to do everything she can to achieve it and get it. And she does get it and it leads her to other places. Yeah. But he's spiraling. Spiraling. Yeah. He's like completely yeah. lost, yeah. like you said, his sense of self, like what he thought about the world, his father, who is clearly his like yeah. idol. Like he says it in his like idol. Yeah. And the, when they're talking, he's like, he thought his dad was like God, basically. And suddenly it's like, yeah. wow, no, honestly, like everything you thought was like a lie. And so it's like shifting. And he's making all these like big life altering decisions. And she's not present or doesn't he doesn't feel she's present to even help yeah. assist with them. Even she would be the better, better yeah. position to do it. So he's like his very immature way of basically making her break up with him or like, you know, sort of give yeah. reasons for them to break up. And so he could just be done with it was obviously very ridiculous and unfair and very painful and heart hurtful. But his like underlying feelings of being feeling like left alone or not cared for were not in mm-hmm. in my opinion. So Yeah. And then also like, again, this is like a ver- one of the few times because I usually am very, I really go hard against the men in these movies. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I will say that like, Quincy, and again, he was in the wrong. His, for like an 18, 19 year old boy, it's 100% believable. Completely believable. Like, all of this feels so realistic and like honest, it's right? It's so realistic. And relatable. Yeah, like, it's exactly. like, okay, this all, like, yeah. it's like, it doesn't, it never, like, it feels like real people. You know what I mean? Like, real people having yeah. this fight, like, real people trying to figure out how to, you know, get out of it. Like, it's all very believable. And I will say, for an 18, 19 year old, And even when, you know, five years later, they're like, you know, like they see each other again. He's the one he like you said it earlier. He gets her dream and her ambition to the point that when she's like, yeah, not doesn't want it. Like it starts, you know, doing the bank job. He's like, why are you doing this? Like, this is not like I might not be into it either as much as I thought. But you this is you like this is your dream. Like, what's going on? Like for someone that's not like, again, like maybe not the best dude. He has always been so like supportive of her dream, understanding it, like very supportive of her ambitions and her career in a way that I find like aside of like sort of like that big fight they had, 
Like, I get it. Like, it's something that is really like, I can see why she, it's like him, she sort of like clings to over and over again because, like, who else has given her that sort of like acceptance, honestly, ever? Yeah. And I think it, and it's almost like, because I don't want to give him too much credit, but I also want to give him a little credit. Yeah. It's not so much that he's like a guy who, because he has a lot of misogynistic Completely, tendencies, yeah. right? He grew up with a mom, the model of the mom being the basketball wife yeah. who lost herself completely to her relationship. So I don't think he's coming from it, which is like, I as a man like should support my partner. It's more like she is a reflection back to him mm. of his own ambitions, mm. right? And so they're like two halves of the same whole, yeah, right? And so he gets it because it's, it, he gets it because that's him. Yeah. That's like where he's at. Yeah. And it's unimaginable that he would walk away yeah. in the way that she would, yeah. you know? And so it's almost like that kind of connectedness, that like con- that like connection and drive and ambition and, you know, dreams mm-hmm. is like what – it, it makes them like whole. It yeah. unites them in a way yeah. that like overcomes all the, their petty bullshit and their like gender conformity. And their flaws like in general of like and their partners flaws and, and people, yeah. you know, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like just the fact that he even buys into this like the conceit of like playing for his heart, which is like ridiculous. I agree. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Like it's a ridiculous yeah. construct <laughs> that he like the fact that he even goes along with it tells you all you really need yes. to know. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't yeah. recognize that. The fact that he actually engages with it after being like, you're ridiculous. Like you think this is all about you. How yeah. dare you? After all of that, he still goes to play. I mean, come on. He's obviously obsessed with her. Yeah. <laughs> He's obviously obsessed with her, but he also understands the centrality of basketball to their mutual like sort of their connection mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and so like because like i think a lot of guys if she was like play me for your heart they'd be like girl go home like this is stupid. what are you I'm doing like you're dumb like you know <laughs> this, this is why stupid. i broke up with you in college but anyway like- <laughs> 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 this is exactly the but reason he, but he but it's and it's like and it's like mirroring that first game yeah. they had against each other yeah. when they were kids yeah. right it's just like it's been the through line of the relationship is what love and, and basketball. basketball that's right that's right <laughs> uh, so I do love it and I also love like I'm just a sucker for like girl next door boy next yeah. door like Metis children yeah. and like relationship evolved and you yeah. know like that kind of trope it just gets me every time so I love friends this is like one of the best I love like friends. bestly like great like best executed like stories of that trope that I've seen on film I think ever honestly I think yeah. it's one of the best I've yeah. ever seen it's so good and I think I think part of it is like because they they're not always friends and they're not always lovers, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think a lot of the older things that we have, and this is like something I still like them, but like like a Harry met Sally, like they're friends that entire time, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then it's like there's like a switch that flips and they kind of become lovers. But what I like about this is because it's a coming of age story, you see sort of how relationships fluctuate mm-hmm. so much over that the years, mm-hmm. right? Like they kind of start off as friends, then they kind of hate each other, then they're indifferent towards each other, but they still kind of have a connection. Then they become lovers, then they become like kind of estranged acquaintances you know like it just it's it's the whole spectrum yeah. of like relationships and it feels real like it feels like like these yeah. are it feels like these are people that we would know or do know you know what i mean like yeah. very much all yeah. of that um what i like i you know switching gears a little bit like to talk about her ambition like what i loved about this was it just for me like i said it earlier in the you know beginning of the podcast episode i just like being able to see someone like coming of age that had a dream and like was so sort of like doggedly mm-hmm. determined to push and go go after it, and it wasn't, and she wasn't punished for that, you know. Like I I, I sent yeah. you that Roxanne Gay like Criterion Collection essay about yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and that really resonated yeah. with me because it was like, it never felt like she had to set like, 
even when she came like when she came back obviously like from barcelona and was now working at the bank and it was like this isn't her like what she really wanted and then she ended up being able to play in the WNBA because that became a thing like shortly thereafter it never really felt yeah. like no like her dream was always valid right and sort of like the different sort of yeah. like sort of her expectations for the dream and how it would be achieved or her different experiences with it. Like she went through sort of like, she ran the gamma of like, this is what I want. Is this possible? I'm going to do all I can to get it. And then also the very realistic thing we talked about all on this podcast before, like of when you get your dream, it's like, actually like there are parts of it that I don't enjoy. Like, so how do I sort of reorient? Yeah. Like, I really like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like a, another yeah. movie, a lesser movie would be like, Oh, well she played basketball in Spain. That's all she ever wanted. So of course she stays there, but she's like, no, she misses home. Like it's not, it's part of it, but it's not all of it for her. And like Quincy for good or for bad is a big part of like that experience, why she loves it so much. And I loved sort of the, the thorniness of like having her like tease that out or develop sort of like a, like an ex, like a sort of an experience around it. I thought that was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, the, cause there's that moment in Spain where she, I, 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 one, I, I think, and I think part of it comes from like how Gina Prince Blythewood, she was a like a an athlete. Yeah, right? yeah. She, was, she played basketball yeah, in high school, yeah. and then she did track in college. Yeah. So she really takes like women's athletics seriously. So we get to see sort of a like a broad strokes, but like all these different like women's basketball players mm -hmm. and see their like ambitions um, taken seriously. So I love the scene where she sees Cedra, like her old um, like sort rival, of rival, yeah, and they're sitting. Yeah, and they're just sitting around talking about it. And Citra is like, I am living my life. I get to actually, like, be, you know, like, I'm, like, in Italy. I'm getting play. Mm -hmm. Like, they worship us here. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, playing basketball. And, like, that is that, like, oh, she's, like, a woman who, like, it's she's not presented as a lesser woman mm -hmm. for that, right? <laughs> like, and, and so we get to see that. And that's, like, the moment where um, Monica is like, oh, like, I thought I was that person. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah, like, I want something else. And there's something, something that's else. tethering me back to home. Yeah. I want something else. And, like, and, and, like, to your point, it's always Quincy, which, like, I think has the danger of, like, the romance trope, which is being, like, central, uh, centering the, like, male romantic interest in a way that, like, overrides everything. Mm -hmm. But I actually think that, the, like, it's through Quincy that she just understands herself more. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, oh, I'm a woman who cares about other things. Yeah. And, like, part of that is being near my family, right? So she gets to be near her sister and her, ki her sister's kid in some way, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not necessarily she's giving up everything for Quincy. It's like Quincy's kind of a reminder that she's just, she's not one thing, yeah. right? She's yeah. not just this person who plays basketball. And then I thought it was just kind of cute at that part where they're like, are you getting, like, what? Are, what's going on with the Spanish guys? And she's like, they're just not my type. And so you know that she's like, it's always him. Yeah, it's like she's just like she like forever, found forever. the dude and that was it. Like my gosh, imagine. Yeah. Like that's so crazy and, to me. And she's yeah, and she's also not punished for that. Yeah. Right? And so like it's not just that she's not like you know, we don't see her as less of a, of a person or like kind of how she saw her mother as being some woman who like gave up on her ambitions, mm -hmm. right? Like we don't see her for that because she wants to like take a break. And sorry, I'm like as I'm going like cuz it's like such a big thing now. Uh, you know how like I forgot the name of the um you know, just like Jacinda Arden and I think maybe even the Finnish prime minister or whatever. They're like these women yeah. who like are, have these attained these huge positions who are stepping back yeah. because they're like realizing that they want more balance in their life. And the movie like allows her to do that without like judging too mm -hmm. much, which I also mm -hmm. appreciated. Yeah. That. Yeah. It just is like, yeah. oh, this is an evolution of her. Because part of what adds to her being a yeah. real person is not like, oh, like she's just like, you know, uh, you know, she's tired. Yeah. And she's because she's a human being as a character, you know, yeah. not a robot. So she's allowed to be tired like a lesser 
classroom and be like, this is the pinnacle of her dream and she's achieved it. And so yeah. she's like, you know, like that's it. She's the pantheon. It's like, oh no, what happens if like, doesn't quite look like how you want it to look, you want to adjust something. It's yeah. okay for that to be the case. I really liked that. Well, and it's, and it's also like, I was talking to my friend about like manifesting, right? Mm-hmm. And it was specifically when you manifest a partner. Yeah. And like, I, cause it's happened to me, you manifest and you get the thing you want and then you realize, oh, but it's like missing all this stuff that you didn't realize you wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's like why I think manifestation can be a trap because yeah. you don't know the full desires of your heart. Right. And right. I think this is exactly it. She like, and she even says something about it, like being like, when you're a kid, you imagine like what you think your life is going to be mm-hmm. and you can't imagine it being any different. Right. Yeah. And so she's single-mindedly pursued this thing without knowing that like the full desires of her heart because she was just focused on these like this one thing she was gonna get you know and so I liked how the movie handled it and also like just speaking practically a lot of the issues why she couldn't attain balance were like systemic yeah because there wasn't a leak yeah 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 (laughs) you know a very good point a very good point (laughs) yeah and so once there was that she's like able to be home with her like family and she still can go hard and ball hard Mm -hmm. but she like doesn't have to like live on the other side of the world isolated and alone to do it yeah yeah and there she should should have to and then like i i thought this movie did a really good job like we talked a bit about this with the relationship with her mother like just the parental like how it like said so much about parental relationships without like beating you over the head with it like her and her mom are clearly not the same type of person and they don't understand each other and it's always you can see that they're talking at cross purposes but at the same time there's like a love there that is interesting like even that even that really intense scene where her mom slaps her she deserved that slap by the way like she like she she did too much (laughs) i like the my i think i fully laughed out loud when her mom was like oh no are they cursing their mamas in space yes I was like, fair. That's a fair question. Because what's this? <laughs> Her mom had such an interesting point, though, because it's like, I think part of, like as you know, women, there's so many choices to make, right? And you're socialized to make particular ones, and then if you make them, you know. It's like, well, why did you make those ones and not these ones, right? And so you sort of see, and this is like the 80s and the early 90s, right? So like sort of what's even possible is limited in that time period. It's only like slowly like slow, slower expansion of what even like sort of the universe of choices that are available. But seeing sort of how like she like disdains her mother for what her mom finds pride in, right? And her mom receives and knows that, you know, so resents her daughter's like, you know, um, you know, this day that she can feel. And so because of that, her mom doesn't want to be like a part of like this thing that matters. So she doesn't think her daughter wants her there, but her daughter did want her there. Just like, it's interesting. Meanwhile, the dad who is as supportive as his, of his daughter as can be, is like really like a, not a great, like is seems to be neglectful husband wise. Right. So it's all very interesting. Or at least like, if not, because I don't know if it's like full neglect, yeah, maybe but he definitely like, takes his wife for granted. Like we're selfish. Like, he takes selfish. her for granted. Definitely selfish. Yeah. yeah. And there's like these expectations about their roles, right? Yeah. Like she's there to sort of serve his needs. And um, and then like I think her mother is like a character that sort of personifies that like invisible labor, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, right. And like there's literally a scene where she talks about that invisible labor. Yeah. Where she like, she's like, oh, you made that dinner error. You spent four hours and then dad brought pizza and you said nothing about it, right? Yeah. And so she's just kind of like, is like living in the shadows doing everything and like i don't know i felt for her mom i do think like and i've talked about this so many times on the show 
where like the mother daughter relationship is so fraught and interesting because again like I think mothers are like on the front line of like kind of that like gender conformity they're mm. the ones who like once you like come of age and you like mm. reach puberty all of society's expectations on like what how you need to change your behavior and behave as like a woman mm. oftentimes that's channeled through the mother mm -hmm. right and like I like oftentimes as a mother trying to protect you and prepare you for the world but it seems oppressive because like someone like her like Monica is like I want to be a tomboy. I want to play ball. And yeah. like the world is telling me I can't. And my mother is the one who's constantly enforcing telling me that. I should. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Enforce, enforcing that. And so I think like I understand where like that tension comes from. And I do think like her mom never really took a lot like of time to like understand her. But I think it's also mixed in. And I, I think that's like why that enforcer role is very complicated because there is also like putting onto your daughters things that maybe you never wanted for yourself but accepted for yourself mm -hmm. right and so like her mom had kind of projected this like well and I you know her mom said it's enough that I was there for my daughters all the time I don't know if I actually fully buy that yeah even she says it yeah, right? I don't think she believes this, like, that because she was yeah I don't think she fully believes that because the way she was talking about like she projected that her daughter had this disdain for her mm -hmm. for not being a woman who had accomplished a lot mm -hmm. right and so she saw her daughter uh, breaking these social boundaries and going after what she wanted and her reaction wasn't like wow she gets to do this thing that maybe I didn't want to do it was to pull her back yeah. to like what yeah. you had to do yeah. you know and I think that and I think that like kind of touches on that interesting tension between mothers and daughters and, and it's not coming out of selfishness or you, there's a love there but there's always like I think probably a little bit of a resentment mm -hmm. too like you why know? do you get to do this and I like yeah you, like why I'd do you get to do choices this that I didn't have you know yeah, and it's sort of like you yeah. see it a little bit, you know, as like, I don't know if you experienced this, but like, you know, when we were working at the firm, like working at firms, I remember like older generations of female lawyers. Yes. And it never like it felt like it was almost like, what are you complaining about? Like, we have to go through these, these trenches yeah. a little bit. And now you're complaining about this in my day, you know, and it was like, but like. Just because it happened that way in the 70s doesn't mean it has to happen that way now. Like it can be better, but it's like, oh, yeah. why does it get to be better for you? And sometimes it was interesting seeing some of the female, more senior female attorneys, like being more like sort of like upholding, uh, you know, the yeah. imbalance in a way because they had to do it and they had yeah. the scars, you know, to show for. And it was like, well, how come like how dare you want to go through this and not get scarred? That's just how it works. That's the price of admission. Um, and so it's, it's interesting yeah. tension. I a hundred. Yeah, and I and I, I and I don't want to put it on moms. Like I don't. Yeah, think, no, I yeah. think sometimes those like female partner, those female partners, it's, it, it's like a little more active. No, the female partners are completely like say. actively, <laughs> not the moms. It's just like yeah. it's just an interesting yeah. thing. Like the yeah. female partners were definitely like, but it actively is, yeah. trying to be like, no, yeah, nah. Yeah. You, that, <laughs> Whereas you, I think moms, it might be like a subconscious. Yeah, like thing, it's not right? on purpose <laughs> necessarily, right? But like those female partners, yeah. it was yeah. on purpose. That was definitely <laughs> deliberate. But yeah, so but I. And we she didn't we didn't spend that much time with her mother, but the fact is like in these like m these like few scenes she had with her, we, we, we were able to get yeah. such like a complicated yeah. like tension and like you know like and so I I did appreciate that and I also liked how it wasn't like tidily cleaned up yeah. right. Like, you know, her mom supported her in going to get Quincy, but we don't know if her, under her mother understands her. I bet her, her mom doesn't still understand her. But yeah. you know what? Yeah, At least she know. got Quincy and her mom helped her. get So have we be some like, you know, love. Yeah, and, and her mom has a grandbaby. Yeah, her mom has a grandbaby yeah. as a result. So who's really like, you know, who's really winning here? <laughs> yeah. And I, 
and, and to be fair, I did appreciate what her mom said about like I got to be there for my kids yeah. in their apartment moments, yeah. which kind of goes back to like what we talk about, like working mothers yeah. or even like with one fine day, how like you know, there is, like, this idea, like, you can't have it all. And so if you're going to go hard on your ambitions, like, you're not always going to get to be yeah. there. And so her mother does get to represent that other side of the coin, for sure. right? So. For sure. For sure. I feel like we already talked about the father-son sort of, like, you know, side of it, Quincy and his dad and how that, like, shaped, like, sort of, like, speaking of people being the enforcers of what it means to be a you know like of gender norms or gen, you know yeah. like his dad was very much enforcing sort of like quincy's worldview right and like how he thought about everything and women um and then having to yeah. have that be shifted when he's like oh wait if you lied about this like what else isn't true right and that was really yeah, yeah. but but what's interesting is whereas like monica's trying to break out from it it's like quincy is like it's aspirational for mm-hmm. him right mm-hmm. and i Good will point. say that the 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 I mean I and her the the what his father is presenting is like I, I, by like sort of inadvertently or like in like as in essentially is going to like put like women in a certain kind of role right mm-hmm. even though it's not explicit mm-hmm. but I think what it does is presents like a highly idealized version of masculinity yeah that, that is actually pretty hard to live up to yeah. right like you have to you can't you like a man doesn't say can't you're like you have to like stay tough you have to like achieve you mm-hmm. nothing, nothing is impossible you have to be virtuous you have to be and i don't even think they're all necessarily terrible things but it's like impossible to live up to and his yeah. father never did and yeah. i think that's what was really hard for quincy is that he was striving to live up to it and i think he found himself struggling even though they don't explicitly say that yeah. and then meanwhile the guy that you thought like made it like made you believe it was possible yeah. to be this kind of man was so fa- falling so short of that yeah. right because Quincy um, even asked him and that when they're in the hospital room he's like why were you trying so hard to make me something that you were never able to achieve like I don't understand it yeah and his dad is like because I thought you could do it even if I can't and it's like well okay yeah. fair enough but still that's all yeah. that's a heavy burden it's a heavy burden to put on someone yeah and then the last thing you you touched upon it with the um, plot summary, but I kind of when I watched this movie, I had this strong, and it's not exactly like apples to apples, but I remember when Rihanna did that interview with Oprah after Chris Brown, uh, right? And one of the things she said, which always really stuck with me, her father and her mother had a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. Like it's clear he there might have been some abuse. Mm-hmm. I think like she alludes to it yeah. and probably infidelity. And she says something, which I'm not going to necessarily co-sign for her parents' situation because I don't know, but struck me is like at a certain point, you have to realize that even though your father is like, like you have to separate who your father is as a husband from what he is as a father, Mm. you know? Mm. And I was like, that is so wise for like a 20 something year old girl to be saying, because this Quincy situation, I think just totally exemplifies that. Like as much as I think his father was ain't shit and a terrible husband. Horrible husband. He... Horrible husband. He really did love Quincy. A good dad. And he, like, wanted to be there. A good dad. He was a good dad. Even with the lying. Even with the lying. Yeah, even with the lying. And it's an example of, like, his father is just, like, a fallible, uh, a really fallible person, you know? So it's, like, the essential part of, like, adult, like, becoming an adult Mm -hmm. when you realize how your parents are fallible, right? And it actually did make me sad when, you know, the five-year jump where it was clear that he hadn't talked to his father. Yeah, yeah. Time, I felt bad you know? for his dad, and man. I really and I felt bad for their that. relationship also, honestly. Yeah, because it was such a strong it relationship. It really was. It really was. 
and Quincy was the only child, right? Yeah, Quincy's and so the there only was this one. like yeah. you could tell that there was That's it. you could you could tell there was a very strong bond that had been broken, but like that's part of like Quincy's growing up process. Yeah. Is to, like like it's like when you realize like my dad is he he's he's he has his limitations as a person, yeah. right? And I th- I'm hoping that that came to fruition. But I did like how you had this like black father who was incredibly fallible and mm-hmm. terrible, but was like a strong father figure For sure. parental figure and kind of like like again gina you know what you're doing even though it was a tiny plot point sussing out that like very challenging part about adulthood mm-hmm. which is like trying to like love our parents and like understand who they have been to us yeah despite knowing how flawed they can be exactly people, you know like that sort of like sort of to your point like that jump to an in adulthood development when you realize that your parents are fallible and they don't know everything yeah because before they have been like yeah. you know for a long time like the you know beginning and end of like God yeah basically like you yeah. like believe whatever they tell you you know you're created yeah. like you know they build and create and train you and they have to remember that sometimes yeah. they're just making it up and if they're making it up sometimes yeah. you have to like forgive them for something that for their missteps because they don't know everything yeah. and they make mistakes because they're fallible like you and that's some some people have an yep. easier time sort of like getting to that understanding and still appreciating them for who they are than others and Quincy had a very difficult time <laughs> Yeah, very, he had a very, very and I don't blame him when you think about his like age. Yeah. But the fact that there is like a difficult divorce and that his father like was left without any child, I felt bad. I for felt him. bad for. His I dad. did also appreciate. Yeah, I did appreciate though his mom had a new a man new at the hospital. Dennis Haysburg is her daughter though, but like fine. fine. Yeah, I'll I know. I know. I hope. I hope that Monica. Monica and Quincy help get start get help each other get better, stronger relationships with their parents, and that their grand yeah, and your yeah. kid brings it together in a way. I will hope that for them because I think both Alfre Woodard character, Woodard's character and Dennis Haysbert's character, I I want that for them because I felt for them honestly. Yeah, I do too. I do. Yeah. Um. Okay. And then I guess like I there's just like a couple a few other points that we can kind of go through very quickly because yeah. I just want to highlight that I enjoyed about the movie. One is like because again like in the sort of pre, pre the top of this episode we were talking about how Gina portrays all these different sort of facets of black mm-hmm. life, right? And I loved like we got to see this and she, I heard her talk in an interview like she just like wanted to show like this kind of like middle class upper middle class blackness yeah but that was like almost like an enclave of blackness yeah. which you oftentimes didn't see it's almost like what we were talking about in boomerang mm-hmm. right where it was like they lived in this world that didn't white people didn't really enter yeah. and there was not a lot of intrusion of the white gaze yeah. but they were like fine on their own and so like and i also think that like the characters' families like embody that, right? And so, like Alfred Woodard, like her character, if she went to college, she was probably like in a sorority. Oh, for she sure. has like a hardcore Jack and Jill yeah, proper vibe, does, right? Like does. there's like a way that yeah. she is obsessed with her daughter's hair, mm-hmm. like and like hair are mar- like markers of sort of respectability, mm-hmm. right? I mean, to be and fair, so Monica's hair, I thought, like it really, it really went on a journey. <laughs> it went, it on, went a on a journey, but I think that's like a touch of the movie that I even like. In the early days when I watched it, I always appreciate it because you were like, that girl's hair would be looking like that yeah. like in high school. Like, right? it's all whereas, very like, realistic. like she just kind of, yeah, yeah. The texture where it's like kind of strained, but not, and she's just like a 
fat we all had that we phase did. where like especially when we we're active you just put that ponytail together with a lot of that without much thought yeah. right and then she has the cornrows which is a little more thoughtful and then like you know and like when she's playing for the in barcelona she's got like the little i like, was remember that hairstyle like, was so big in like yes. the 2000s yes. i yes. wanted I, yes. I made my mom let me get that hairstyle man i wanted it so badly i loved it that like half cornrow like cor- yeah, like you know the curls the, the ringlets yeah oh my god yes. i love that yes. so you know so she was like evolving but also like as she started to figure out her hair i think she was starting to figure out her sort of like how she wanted to be a woman in yeah, the world, right? Yeah. She wasn't ever going to be, like, super prissy like her sister and have, like, the perfect press and curl, mm-hmm. right? But she also, like, was, like, you know, she she could like she could like pay yeah, attention to yeah, and she's well. and she could tell, and yeah. But you're right. The evolution of her sort of figuring out like her womanhood, you could also see it in her hair because like that, yeah, like that, hair. like and then at the end, ooh, ooh the Ed ponytail that was even that point. Bob ooh. when she was like at the bank, man. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, luscious. <laughs> fantastic hair <laughs> oh my god i was envious <laughs> it looks so good yeah but as you see like she had to like when she was working at a bank she had the certain hairstyle right when she like when she was a little girl and her mom gussied her up and quincy like asked her to be her girlfriend she had like more of a yeah, traditional yeah. Like, black girl hairstyle you know yeah. at the dance she had like a like the press out mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. what she had you know so i just love how like again these this is a kind of attention and care that like a, not even any black director, but someone who cares about yeah, this stuff would, would put attention. into the movie, you know? Totally, totally. And then I think we mentioned it before. Uh, oh, you're, so you want to still talk about the hair? Oh, no, no, no. And then I was just saying, like, but, like, both Monica and uh, Quincy were, like, upper or middle class, yeah. upper middle black, yeah. class black people in very different ways. Yeah. Her father worked at a bank. Her His father was, like, a basketball okay. player, right? And so I liked yeah. how and, – and, like, the mom was, like, wearing Gucci and, like, fancy brands. So I liked how we got to see, like, two different, like, even embodiments of, like, well-to-do black yeah. people. Yeah. You know? And it was matter of fact. It wasn't anything that was, like, remarked upon or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember – I think we've talked about before, yep. like, sometimes with black movies, there seems to be some, like, underlying trauma in a way that is like, yes, you know, yes. that you have to sort of work through and think through. And this movie is not like there isn't traumatic things happening, like having Quincy have to shift his worldview and like divorce, like all of that is like things that are like traumatic and can be. But there was something about it that didn't feel like it was like this, like, I don't know. It felt it wasn't systemic. Yes, that, you know, yeah. Like, it just was like a virtue of like just being a person. Yeah. World, like these things just happen. Nice. Yeah. Like these were just people yeah. who were like, you know, we got to see their lives from like 1981 to like 1995, 1996 or what have you. And we just saw them. We were there and they were just living their lives and they were doing like they had a breakups mm-hmm. and, you know, they're in call it, you know, it just was like very like normal, you know, in a way that you don't often see, yeah. which I really quite liked. Um, and then what I want to talk about, we talked about a little bit before, um, with the sex scenes. Um, I, I just thought I like the way it approached sexuality. Cause like, this is very much Monica's story. Right. And it didn't, it yeah. never made it be to me, this like big dramatic, like intense thing. It just was like, you know, they lost, she lost her virginity, you know, he took out a condom and, you know, practice safe sex, which I thought was very good to sort of like point out and make clear insecure could never, yeah. honestly, like, you know, like, <laughs> it was just- yeah, but remember this movie, like, 
like, do you have to remember when we were kids in the 90s and that this was a, like, this movie probably was made in the 90s? How? Because of, like, the HIV know, AIDS crisis. Like, they were pushing and condoms. They made it clear. Like, like everywhere. I know. But <laughs> I remember the backlash and secure being like, why didn't you show put them putting on a condom? And Issa was like, yeah, I see you yeah. guys know that's what happens. It's like, you should show it on screen, Issa. Anyway, yeah, yeah, back and forth. yeah, you should. But I like, but I, I, it totally makes sense back yeah, then. Yeah, but I liked it was like very much like this. Oh, like, wait a minute, this is happening. And I liked how it dealt with consent. You know what I mean? Like at each time, yeah. like it just, yes, and it didn't yes, do it in a way yes. that was so like, I am making sure you're content. He just was like, are you okay? Like, oh, this, do you want to stop? Yeah. You know, like each time it was like very affirmative, which I really enjoyed. And then their strip basketball scene just was like, this is just them as a couple, like just regular, like fun, playful, and like still very much into yeah. each other with great chemistry, but not this like, oh, now we're having this like frantic, you know, whatever. Like, cause you see a lot of sex scenes is like very like frantic, passionate sex, which is not, frantic, which is yeah. fine. That like a like that's something that you know happens and should be represented in film canon. But it was good to see just another side of sexuality play, especially with Black people, in a way that just was like, yeah, this is our relationship. We're very comfortable with each other, and this is what's happening. I re- I really yeah. liked it. I liked that yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, I hundred percent agree with you with the consent because it's like it's pre like the acknowledgement of consent, mm-hmm. like you know. Or, or like it's or it's like kind of at the early times. Yeah. And so it's done in a way, though, that doesn't feel like it's like, you know, like how sometimes like consent, people think of it as almost like a legalistic. Like, are you? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it's just presented as being like a careful, thoughtful, per- mm-hmm. sexual partner. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like that's all it con- like it, it like, presented it in a way that like made it seem like, oh, yeah, it's not stopping it or it's not making it less sexy. It's just him being someone who's like in tune with her. Yeah. Like, yeah. About, like, like they're the very experience. much still connected yeah. in that way. This is like still his like friend, you know, it was just it was. It was yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't like see, sex was something he was doing to her. It was like they were both active participants. Yeah, they were doing it with Exactly. Yeah. Which I think sometimes you see it as like the man doing you know what I mean to the woman in a way yes like, that's so true yeah I really like that I felt it throughout the movies kind that they're equals right in like so many different ways yeah. and small and big which I really enjoyed well here's the thing I feel like it's like they were equals yes mm-hmm. but I think a lot of their conflict came from this like push or like it's almost like outside sense that they aren't or shouldn't be equals yeah right? that's I think, a good like, point she was, I think she was kind of she was kind of railing against this idea because, like, the specter of her mother and father's relationship was always looming, looming over yeah, her, right? Yeah. And so she just – you could tell she just did not want to get caught up in being, like, that woman who gave up her ambitions mm-hmm. and made herself lesser for a man, mm-hmm. right? And meanwhile, he did have this way of, like, centering himself, like, unknowingly because he – like, of his parents' relationship but also being in a world where his – basketball playing was valued way more mm-hmm, than hers mm-hmm. right and so i just they it was almost like they loved each other and they loved basketball equally like the, the same as each other and that was like equalizing in their relationship but they were coming against like a an out like like a surrounding culture or society mm. that was always trying to pit them and kind of against each other yeah, you know yeah. and so they were working through that yeah, you know yeah yeah a really good point very astute i like that a lot yeah um we have to talk. And that's speaking of gender exactly, norms. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. We have to talk about how they <laughs> talked about women. And like, listen. I just, that was the one thing. That was the one thing. That was the thing. But you know what, though? It feels very 
realistic. realistic. You know what I mean? Like, that's the yes, thing. Like, yes. it feels jarring to hear in 2023, but it's like when she's railing about like bitches and hoes in the car because she's clearly jealous about the women that he she's seen him yeah. with or whatever. And she's talking about them very uh, sort of like, you know, disdainfully. But he's like pushing back though, which I thought was interesting. You know, like when he's like talking about yeah. like Shawnee and he was like, oh yeah, like she's such a hoe. He's like, what's the problem? Like, she just wants to have like, it's fine for her to want to have sex and have a good time. You know what I mean? Like, I like that too. I was like, oh, that. But that. Yes. But then he yes. still- but then when they were talking about the yeah, the girls about like his mom and this is why I felt so realistic. It was like and I used to subscribe to this idea yeah. back in the day too. Yeah. Like it was like if you're a rich guy, especially like a rich black guy, everybody sh- all these women are buzzing around you trying to bring you down and like get the payday, right? That was always the narrative. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that for dudes comes from their mothers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so the movie literally yeah. showing that. He did. Like he got that all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're so right. You're so right. And so, like, it coming from his mother, I felt like it was very on point. Yeah, very Meanwhile, that, and, and what is interesting is that she likely would be, have been categorized as being one of those women because they got, her husband got pregnant when she was 19. Yeah, was 19, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or, like, she, she got, got pregnant, pregnant when her husband. Yeah, she was 19 when, and her husband was 19, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so she probably was very much categorized as a woman who trapped her husband, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that was, like, a very interesting tension. And, like, whereas, like, he kind of – I you know whether selfishly or whatever accepted the idea of shawnee's sexual autonomy he still thought like when his father was under attack it was like these women are like his mother's teachings came back yeah he like yeah yeah and and then like monica for all her like gender liberation and trying to do things her own way did like and I was guilty of this when I was in high school. I'm sure a lot of us, like, mm-hmm. quote, unquote, good girls were, totally. right? But, like, when you're jealous about attention you're not getting from a guy, yes. you have to fall back on the fact that, like, you are a good girl and other girls aren't. Totally. And that's why you're not getting the yeah. attention, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> and so she, like, falls into that trap a lot. And the only critique I have of the movie is that, like, I don't know if it really interrogates that yeah it doesn't like you could definitely watch it and just kind of like take that as like the viewpoint yeah it doesn't do you know what i mean i feel like if this movie was made now she would definitely like gina prince by the way definitely interrogated in a way that i think would also not be over the top but like actually very like yeah soft touch yeah soft like subtle and like well like well sort of done and narrated um yeah yeah. As anyway, you guys can tell but that, that we loved jarring. it. Was I was very jarring. I was listening in the in the car, and I was like, "Wow, this is really very violent language." It's <laughs> like, or violent yeah. is aggressive. This is very harsh language. Like this language is quite harsh. Yeah. Goodness, she hasn't done anything. <laughs> I know. I mean, but it was definitely like. The whole, a lot of the movie, the women characters, it was about them putting themselves in a camp. Yeah. It was us against them. Yeah. These type of women. Like the mom kind of doing it, her doing it with her mom. Like, I'm a woman who has ambition. You're a woman who's subservient. Like, then, like, like, so, like, that was just constantly happening Mm -hmm. throughout the movie. It's such a good point. Well, you guys can tell that we loved this movie a lot, clearly. And one thing that Nan and I want to make sure we talk about was the soundtrack. And we said that a little bit before, but like, my God, I, this movie introduced me to Michelle Indege Ocello. My goodness, her mu- her music, love it. This woman's work, Maxwell. Yeah. Um, 
the yes. that MC Light Sweet Thing by Rufus. Yeah, that, this that's like oh the, my the, god. I would always associate that song with this movie. Like I can't. Can I tell you? As I was walking today, I started singing along <laughs> to this. Song. Yeah, of course. I was singing, and, but, and that "Blight is a Rock" intro for her for the second quarter. Yes, yes. Oh my god. Yes, yes. Hats off. Hats off. MC Light. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. But I, you, I did kind of because especially like I. The, I don't know why Sweet Thing has always been this like song that's like so central to the movie for me. Yeah. And you remember when we talked about Brown Sugar, how we talked about how like black love stories because of like just not being able to have a lot of access within mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Like we th- we did like the most mainstream way we often got to tell black love stories was through music. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like this movie like understands that yeah. and so they're like the, the 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 songs themselves are very much like black love songs telling the story with the movie you're right which i like you're, absolutely yeah. loved it so you know? well done I like the yeah. it's like has the best needle drops of anything and even outside of the love songs like um I don't know, like it's just embodying the time, mm-hmm. like the eighties, like they're when they're in high school or, co- or when they're high school and when they're in college. You do. Like, I feel like it just transported I, 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 you, I, like just with the music, like you were there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. Yes, I agree. Oh my god, great soundtrack, fantastic. Like really, yeah, a really good point. Well, so do we? Okay, I found the ending believable, obviously because the WNBA, you know, you know, became a thing, and that was lucky. Do we think they yeah. stay together? Are they still together now, 23 years on? Uh, I want to say yes. The only thing is, like, I, I yes, I'll say yes, because I do think with, like, Quincy, the way he was holding that baby and being supportive. He was so happy. Like, he, kinda, <laughs> he was really happy. He was like, let's <laughs> go, McCall. Like, he legit was, like, having a blast. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, I think when he was able to, like, confront his dad yeah. and, like, the his dad's sort of image of manhood it was maybe built on a house like as it was like a house of cards right when he was able to sort of dismantle that i would like to think that he was able to just like enjoy his relationship without those expectations like he needed to be x y and z right and so and i i think i think it works i do i agree i I agree i just i do think okay i'll read between the lines i will give my boyfriend like a little bit of like a nod where I do think he's right where I could, you could walk away from that movie being like what like Quincy oh for sure no I can see that I can see that reading of it I can see that reading of it yeah yeah for sure but I will I will give it like a more generous reading because I do think that like even at the like there's something about the way he resists her at the end Mm -hmm. shows this like sort of maturity because he resists her for the right reasons right like you like like one, he was like, "I have a fiance, dude. Like, what are you doing?" Yeah. You know, and like two, like th- like he he had to kind of like, it was almost like that last game was the equalizing thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And like there was a certain kind of like, and so whereas like my boyfriend would probably be like, "Oh, he could he only kind of saw her in his most humbled moments." Mm-hmm. Maybe for me, I would say is like. And the generous reading is that he had to be humble, yeah. but then he like came into his own as a person yeah. and was able to like really approach the the relationship with a more of like a consistent equality, yeah. right? And so I would like to hope that like after all that struggle, he figured out what he wanted to do with his life. Mm. He didn't have to conform to this like idealized manhood that his father always set before yeah. him. He realized that he and his woman shared a bond that like nobody yeah. he, I never shared it with anyone else they have this love of mutual love of basketball he gets to see her live it mm-hmm. out in a way and they have a baby I hope that's satisfying for him 
However, he's a man, and he could have like reached me <laughs> and like gotten really resentful. So, <laughs> but that 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 could happen literally anyone. Yeah, I mean so. that could happen to any man. Honestly, it really could. Yeah. I will say, so, like for sure, Q so. like Q is not a perfect character, but Monica isn't either. Obviously, yeah. Um, but he yeah, like he is the one that she wants. It is her story. He's the one that she wants. Yeah. Um, and he seems to be yeah. the only one that can really get to like get through to her in ways yeah, that no one else true. can. That's true. And I think that has and she seems to be able to get through to him too. Um, I think that has to count for something. So he probably is still yeah. annoying her <laughs> as we speak. Yeah. But you know, and they probably have at least another kid, probably. Big head. Yeah. She's still I hope she still calls him big head. I hope she he deserves it because that's a big head. <laughs> not have a big it's head. a big enough he head not. for it to be called for it to, for it to be a true <laughs> sort of insult <laughs> oh gosh oh my gosh <laughs> all right do you want to do our heas <laughs> yeah you can start okay so i have two uh going on the theme of female ambition i guess with this movie the first is a novel called funny you should ask it's by lisa sussman and I don't want to spoil it like I normally do, but basically it's like it, it's like two timelines, right? The first timeline in the past is this writer, Chani Horowitz, who ends up being like nabbed to write a, a, a profile for this like big movie star. Uh, this guy named Gabe Parker, who has just been picked to be James Bond and is someone she has a huge crush on. And so she writes it and, you mm-hmm. know... It, be, it catapults her career basically as a writer, essentially. And so she has like a big career and his career ends up sort of like, eh, a little bit interesting. But what's interesting there is that there's this intrigue being like, did she sleep with him or not? Because there's all this like tension and banter in the profile. And so then fast forward to now in the book, you know, in the, the present where he's like calling her back again to write another profile for him. And they have all this history. It's been like a decade or so since they've chatted. And it's just like, I thought it was just a very, like, really well-written book. And you really ended up believing, you know, the connection between the two characters a lot. And what I really found interesting was the fact that, like, so much of her ambition as a writer, as an author, like, sort of the, like, the publication she had was all part, was so central to the story that she was telling, even though she couldn't help but, like, you know, be intrigued by this big movie star. Like, I, so I really, really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. So Funny You Should Ask by Lisa Sussman. And the second, I as a my HEA is this K drama I watched a couple of weeks ago. Love to hate you. It's on Netflix. It's ten episodes. Okay. Uh, so you know, it's a great watch. It's like stars like these. Uh, this woman who's an attorney uh, slash like weirdly like this like you know really great at like martial arts like Taekwondo and what have you like just really really gifted at that and this like big star. Um, And they both have very, like, different views about men and women, right? She thinks all men are, like, basically Mm -hmm. cheats and, like, horrible people. He thinks all women are only, like, are, like, selfish and, like, you know, only care about money and are gold diggers or self-absorbed. And it just sort of shows, like, their connection as they sort of, like, end up running to each other's orbit and how they become closer. It's probably one of the best, like, it's definitely the best K-drama I've seen this year so far. Probably it will definitely be my top it's probably one of the best. It's one of my the best rom com like K dramas I've seen. Period. Honestly, surprisingly. Could, I, how how long is each episode? Each episode is episode's like, like an hour. hour each episode is like an hour. Um, okay, but it's like it, it's, it's the, yeah. That's my one thing. They're kind of I long. know, but like it's so good. I will I will say that the first two episodes, you're like, what's happening? Like you're trying to figure out like what sort of like the energy of the show is, and then you finally, I think by the okay. third episode, like you really settle into it. But their connection is great. Great chemistry. 
I loved it. Now I like I'm like super obsessed with the lead, both both characters, um, both the actors. Um, Kim OK Vin, I believe, is the woman. And then uh, Yu To, I think, is the guy. And he's actually in another movie that's going to be a big hit this year. Um, or well, actually, let me make sure I get his name right. Hold on. Uh, to OK. Kim OK Vin and To Yu. Uh, and To Yu is in this new movie that's uh-huh. coming out um, that's like was a hit at Sundance Past Lives um, that people were saying that in Sundance. Oh, yeah, I really yeah, want to see that. Yeah, yeah. So like, so, so watch To Yu and Love to Hate You first and then you can, you know, watch them again okay. in Past Lives. Yeah, But it's supposed to be really, really good. good. People were talking about how they were crying basically about it. So um, okay. I really liked both. So like I said, funny you should ask. Um, and what I really enjoyed about Love to Hate You was that the female character is this ambitious, like, you know, uh, badass woman, basically. And her ambition is never something that, like, is, is, like, so sort of, like, championed and pushed forward and, like, respected and acknowledged by the male lead and just throughout the entire movie, I, I throughout the entire show. I really enjoyed it. So those are my two um, HEAs, Love to Hate You and Funny You Should Ask. Awesome. Okay, so my HEA, super short because I don't want to give anything away, is Partners in Crime by Alicia Rye. It's good, guys. Um, And it's really good. I liked it because it's like, you know, I think I did one book by Christina Lauren. I'm forgetting the name. That was like an action adventure one. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is like very similar. It's It's more of like, it's like an action adventure kind of thriller where like, I, I basically, like I'll tell you the plot, but like, it's so there's like a Mira Chowdhury is like a cut. She's just like a very she wants like she's an accountant. She wants like a boring mm-hmm. life. She, and we, the book opens where she's like seeing an Indian matchmaker. She like keeps wanting to like get matched with just like kind of milk toast, run of the mill guys. Like, but it's like not working out. She's worried that her matchmaker is gonna like toss her, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but like she is like determined for like a very stable, boring life. We learn not to give too much. It's because like that was not what her life was when she was younger. So she's like trying to get away from like her past. Right. Um, And so she is like her, her aunt dies and she has to go see a lawyer like who's like Naveen. um, I forgot his last name, but his, his name is Naveen hot guy. He has his own past where like he suffered from like alcoholism and a bunch of other things. So he went from having this like kind of high, um, powered life Mm -hmm. to like now working at his grandfather's law firm Mm -hmm. that like services the South Asian community right so they're both kind of living smaller lives than the ones they used to Uh, so she she's like help he's like the lawyer in charge of her aunt's will and then as they like kind of working through that like essentially she gets like tracked followed and they kidnapped mm-hmm. and he tries to help her and it goes and so crazy. as you're getting like, oh my this, god and then it goes crazy but like it ends up being like there's a lot of there's like even like kind of like puzzles and like kind of like escape room kind mm-hmm. of like things there's like I, I don't know what you would call this like genre but like you know it like kind of like action adventure yeah, kind of things yeah, right yeah. and then there's like there's like there's like it takes place in Las Vegas in the corners of Las Vegas they're like criminals chasing after them and they end up having like both like very big exciting lives and she has to kind of confront the person that she used to be right mm-hmm. but like it turns out that this guy is the perfect person to accompany her yes. on this adventure yes. um i liked it just because like i like like I love romances, but like sometimes, like I just feel like a lot of them have been getting a little stale. Yeah, you know, I know what you mean. that I've been reading. Yeah, 
And this just felt different, yeah. right? Because it added the mystery element. I like that they like are adding kind of like an adventure because like oftentimes that stuff isn't like seen as like quote unquote like women's literature, mm-hmm. you know? So like they merged like different kinds of genres that ne- might not necessarily always be seen as women's literature into a romance novel. And then the two leads have like amazing chemistry. Yeah, and I think so like good. I liked how they still, even though it's like an action adventure, they still preserve that. Like one of the foundational parts of a relationship is that like they can't keep their clothes on while yeah. they're with each other yeah. and I you know I just love that kind of spicy. I buy it so. I buy it I bought it with those two for sure <laughs> definitely yeah so I just I would recommend this book it was just like a fun read and it gave me both my romance and sort of like action fix yeah and I hope they make it into a movie oh my god that would be such a good movie oh I would love that movie I know all right Okay, yeah. guys, I guess we've talked your ears off long enough. This has been Misan and Nana Yay. with another episode. We'll be back soon, guys. Bye. Hell yeah. Bye.